0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's really loud up here. Um, We have several things going on. Um, March 4th, Men's Prayer Breakfast. That's in Stevens Point at 9 a.m. All men, please meet with Brother DeMuth immediately following our service. Um, Right up here in the front, just for a really brief meeting. So all men, meet with Brother DeMuth after service. Also on March 4th, uh, we have a youth hyphen game night. So that's ages 12 to 35. Um, That'll be at our house from 6 to 9 p.m. And then Sunday, March 5th, we will be having our Faith Promise service. We have Brother Stevens coming in uh, to do that service for us. March 11th, men's prayer, 8 to 9 a.m. here at the church. Also here at the church on March 11th is our ladies' meeting. Um, We are going to be talking about the Samaritan woman uh, from our book, Notable Women of Scripture. Then March 12th, uh, a couple of things. We are going to be having a potluck to honor Brother Rapich's retirement as our maintenance man. And also this will be the final offering date for our Save Our Children offering. So you can be giving up until then, but that will be the last date that we will actually take offering for that.
1: Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, I was glad when they said unto me, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. There is joy in the house of the Lord. There is joy. I was glad when they said unto me, I was.
2: jesus so glad to be here lord and in your presence hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus there is no one like you lord hallelujah lord we have come here to enter into your gates with thanksgiving hallelujah thank you jesus i praise you lord hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah Oh, you are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and just worship him for another minute. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are the light of my salvation. In you, I will put my trust. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
1: My one request, Lord, my only aim is that you reign in me again. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams, in my darkest.
2: to reign in me, Lord, let your will be done, hallelujah, Jesus, Lord, as a tool in your hand, Lord, that you can use, hallelujah, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, reign over my life, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
3: We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, you reign in us today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory and praise and honor be unto you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are here Lord, you are here Lord. You are here Lord Jesus to minister. Your ministering angels are in this place. Hallelujah. Oh God, hallelujah. Jesus. He's here to minister in this place. Amen. God is here to minister. Amen. God's not limited by time and space. And Al Gore did not create the internet. God did. And so God can speak right through the internet. Amen. And He can minister. And He is going to minister today. Amen. God has a word for somebody today if you got ears to hear. How many wants to have ears to hear? Today, I don't want to just have ears to hear on Sunday and Wednesday, Brother Becker. I want to have ears to hear 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I want the Lord to be able to wake me up in the middle of the night. I want to be listening while I'm sleeping, because you know your mind doesn't sleep. Your body sleeps. Your spirit and your mind don't sleep. Amen. I, don't you want the Lord to wake you up? Amen. Don't you want Him to speak to you? Don't you want Him to give you a word? Amen. Amen. And God doesn't. He works outside of church service. Amazing, right? That's revelation for some people. Hallelujah. He probably works better outside of church service. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. When I, when you least expect it, I want God to speak to me. Amen. When I'm just going about my day, just minding my own business, as they say. I want God to speak to me. And I believe he's gonna do that in this last day. And he's not gonna he's not gonna limit it to certain people. He's gonna give it, he's gonna make it to whomsoever will. Y'all will see what I'm talking about. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter thirteen. Book of Acts, chapter thirteen, verses one through twelve. Sounds like a lot, but it's not. I could just read the whole book of Acts. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Amen. When you're there, say amen. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, you know, they didn't have church in that day like we do today. They weren't meeting in a building like this. They were meeting in somebody's house, most likely, or many houses. They were probably moving around because there was persecution going on, you see. And the and so there was the church had to move they had to keep moving around to to get away from the persecution, but they didn't let that stop them from having church but like let me say that they weren't having church like we do today, so uh, as we go on here, it says, and there were certain prophets and teachers doesn't mention pastors there. I don't know why that is, but you know God's gonna send who he will. you don't have to leave. Bro. I don't believe that the structure of pastors that we have today was the structure they had in the, in the Bible, in the New Testament church. I don't believe that's the... I'm not disparaging or saying anything against what we have today. I'm just saying I don't believe they had the same structure that we have today. And so God had sent these, these prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, was, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Man- Manan, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. See, God will save people up in high positions and lofty positions and make them part of the church. Amen? And Saul. There was Saul there. They were still calling him Saul in the, in chapter 13 of the book of Acts. So my, my guess is that Saul was still kind of new in his ministry. He was kind of still a new convert, if you will. He was still learning in his ministry. But there was Saul with these other men. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, everybody say, by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they had, they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. He was with them. He was helping them. And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, lots of those around today. And in that day, a Jew, whose by name was Bar-Jesus, which was the deputy of the of the country of Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God, but Elimus, the sorcerer, so as... For so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. We don't have people like that today in our world, do we, that are trying to dis- dispute and disrupt what we're trying to preach? Right? Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, everybody say, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of subtlety, all and all mischief, thou child of the devil. Thou enemy of all righteousness. Would any of us have said something like that? That sounds pretty kind of out there and bold, doesn't it? But that was Paul, wasn't it? Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. Now, you have to understand something here. Paul is following the Holy Ghost. And what he's about to say, if God told you to say this, would you say it? Or would something in you go, I'm not saying that. What if I say that and nothing happens? And and he said, uh, And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and darkness. Immediately. God backed up what he told the man of God to say. What he told one of his servants to say, God immediately backed it up. Sometimes we just got to say it. Amen? And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw that what was done, believed and being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Father, thank you for this Time to minister to your people in Jesus' name. You can be seated in Jesus' name. So this guy Saul, called Paul, and these other men, they were there in the church in Antioch, and they were just doing what... They were just being faithful. They were doing what God had called them to do, there to do whatever in that congregation. They were in the middle of ministering to the Lord. They were just being part of the body. They were doing... What God had called them to do. Just going about their business, if you will. And while they were exercising themselves for God's purpose, the Holy Ghost spoke. And he spoke God's will to them and that they had been chosen for a specific purpose and mission. Why Saul and Barnabas? Doesn't say. Why couldn't he have called these other two guys? Because God has a plan. He's not making this up as He goes along. He's got a plan from the very foundation of the world, Sister Bell. He has a plan up to and including this day and beyond this day. He already knows. In the New Testament, there was one place where the Bible says that Jesus already knew what He was going to do. God already knows what He's going to do. He's not figuring this out as we go. Just because we don't know His plan... Just because we don't know His will, He's not going to necessarily give us all the details when He does call us. Just like He told Abraham, pack up your stuff, you're leaving your dad, and head out. Where am I going? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you when you get there. And that's pretty much what happened to these guys. And so they they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them and they sent them out. And it doesn't indicate here that, they, that God told them where they were going or what they were going to do when they got there. They were just to go. And they were just some men. You could put your names in there and take Paul and Silas out. You could put Rob and Katrina in there. You could put anybody in there. Because as, as the pastor already said, we're all the same height to God. We're all on the same level. Everybody's at the same point. And God can use anybody. Anybody, and he will. What was it about these men that would, that God chose them? What was it? What do you think it was? They were just being faithful. You know, you were talking about, grumbling to God about, well, hey, I'm still up on the shelf up here. Remember? Like he doesn't remember. Like he doesn't know how old I am. And You know, hey, I'm getting older here. <laughs> Anytime now. Don't forget about me. He hasn't. And the last time, I think I told you all the last time I started grumbling to God, He said, he just said, be faithful. That's all He's ever said. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to be faithful. Enough said. I'm not going to grumble anymore. And I'm not. I'm not. Not that I'm not going to feel like it, but I am not going to do it. Because I. He has told me, be faithful. So we never know. You never know. You could just be minding your own business, going about your business, going to work, and God could speak to you on the way to work. He could speak to you while you're doing the dishes. He could He could just speak to you. It's it happens all the time. Stop what you're doing. I need you to pray right now. Don't don't tell you who for don't tell you what for, just just stop, put your dishes down, I need you to pray. And sometimes you just have to go to just start praying and wait for Him to tell you why you're down there praying. And He'll give it to you. And sometimes He won't give it to you. But you just have to pray. You just have to know that right now you have to be able to know that voice of God so distinctly that you know he, that's Him telling you to do this. Because somebody might be in an airplane somewhere that needs your prayer. Somebody might be on a hospital bed in a surgical room that needs your prayer. Somebody might have just been in an accident and they need your prayer. I was at, We were in, in West Texas, and I was on my way to work from a little town I lived in in West Texas up to Amarillo, and I was on the interstate, and my truck got a flat tire, and my wife's sitting at home in the recliner kind of half-sleep because it was her day off, and... All of a sudden something woke her up and just just and she in her, and when she woke up it was like she saw this like this vision of me being hit by somebody in my truck. Well there I was on the side of the interstate trying to change the tire on my truck and this guy that wasn't paying attention driving his van was looking down or something and he was he was going full speed down the emergency lane right where I was sitting. And it was right about the time God woke her up. Well, I saw him coming and I dove in the ditch. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just get a new truck. I we'll won't have to worry about this tire. Well, all of a sudden, that guy just and he went back out on the main lane and went on about his way. And I was like, whew. But God woke her up. What if she'd have ignored that? Would I be standing here today? I oh, don't know. God call anybody. So we we've all been if you haven't, you live under a rock. But we all know what's been going on in in uh, Asbury, K- Kentucky, right? With all this, you know, and it's it's happening in many other universities now. It's happening all over the country. And uh, a young man that's a pastor down in um, Middlesboro, Kentucky, that I know said they're looking at moving it to Rupp Arena. Because they had to get him out of that building because the students there have to have midterms or something. So, so they're looking at moving it to Rupp Arena. If you don't know what that is, it's a big basketball arena named after Adolph Rupp. Anyway, it's in Lexington. So they're, they're wanting to continue this thing, right? And, but, but the point of me saying all this is that I'm going to tell you a little story. So I'm, what I'm doing is bringing the book of Acts, what happened to these guys, to present day. Okay. So these, this young man was was in Arkansas preaching a revival, and he was he was he was done preaching, and he was in his room praying, and the Lord prompted him to buy an airplane ticket and go to Asbury, and that's all he told him. Didn't tell him what he was going to do there, didn't tell him why. I mean, he kind of if you're if you're an evangelist and God's prompting you to go somewhere, you probably good. Good chance you're going to be using whatever gift God gave you, right? And so he he called another minister, another evangelist, and they went. One drove and one flew, and they got there, and they 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 had, you know, they had to find a place to park. Place is crazy, and so he had no idea up to that point what he was going to do, where he was going to go, or what he was going to say. And so he goes there, and and so they just get together, and just like. Paul and, and Barnabas, when the Holy Ghost spoke, what did they do? They went. They laid hands on them and they didn't hesitate. They didn't talk about it. They didn't go, oh, I don't know, man. We're, he hadn't talk. yet. They just went. Paul and Barnabas just went. Because there was that guy there that was that sorcerer that Paul needed to deal with. And there was that... his his boss that, got, that was hungry, that wanted to hear the gospel. And Paul sent them there for a specific reason. Or God sent them there for a specific reason. So these men here, God had a specific reason. And so they listened to the voice of God and they obeyed it. He bought a plane ticket and he flew there, not knowing what he was going to do. And so as they got there and they got together and they were praying... They, they decided, they felt like they, they were to just walk through the campus and wait on God. So that's what they did. So they're walking through the campus, and there's lines waiting to get in the chapels and the buildings, and, and so they didn't feel led to go that way. And so there was crowds of people that were just kind of hanging out in in big grassy areas of the campus, and so they felt drawn to this one area. There was a couple hundred people just singing guitars and playing and singing. And, and so they just felt to just kind of come up alongside them and just stand there and, just participate, worship, and, and wait on God. So he had his finger stuck in the his Bible in the book of Acts chapter 19. He felt God give him Acts chapter 19. If you don't know where that is and where, what's going on in Acts chapter 19, you need to go read it. So he's standing there worshiping. And this young lady, now this is a really in, an unique story. This young lady that was leading the worship... Well, lo and behold, she was a youth leader and a worship leader from that same church in Middlesboro, Kentucky. And God had prompted her to be up there with her youth group to to help work, just just to be there to worship. And so she was there just worshiping. And the two didn't know each other. And she's just worshiping, and he's just standing there with his finger in his Bible. And and, and they all stop worshiping. And she turns around to him and says, do you have a word? Let me let that sink in for a minute. He's standing there waiting for God to say, okay, the door's open, go. She's worshiping, he's worshiping, he's just waiting. God stops her and tells her to say to him, do you have a word? He gets out there and he starts preaching right out of Acts chapter 19. And long story short, he said people were coming up to him and saying, put your hand on me lay your hand on me, I want to get the Holy Ghost too I, me next. Wow Whew. It's, on, it's it's on video if you watch it but what did he do? He was in the middle of his comfortable revival that he was doing preaching to a bunch of church people because that's what we do, right? We minister to ourselves mostly I'm not, I'll be honest, we do. And God said, I need you to go somewhere. I need you to drop what you're doing right now and go somewhere. And this young man had traveled to, uh, where was it, Linda? Thailand or someplace. No, no, no. Uh, Over in Asia. He had seen thousands of Muslims receive the Holy Ghost. And he said in the video that this, what he saw there was just banked. Bangladesh what he saw there was just like what he saw in Bangladesh hungry people that just wanted to feel god and god started filling people with the holy ghost and he didn't have any notes and he didn't have a pulpit and he it was not the, the typical environment that you would expect it was out in the open and he just went it was not in his comfort zone to do that. But he went. And people, are, people everywhere are hungry. There's hungry people right outside the doors of this building right now. There's hungry people where you work, that you work with every day. You don't know it. You don't know it. They're hungry. They're waiting for you to say something they're 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 waiting they're desperate, they're wishing that you would just say something. God's waiting for us in twenty fifteen sister Claudette Walker was preaching at a conference in California, and she made reference to a message that brother T. W. Barnes preached in the sixties late seventies somewhere in there and um in that message, she she was talking about she was asking God for, for more because she was, she was wanting to teach young people, and God led her to this preaching tape of Brother Barnes. And in this tape, Brother Barnes was talking about the Jesus movement. Any of y'all older folks ever remember the Jesus movement back in the 60s when the hippies were getting the Holy Ghost and the Catholics were getting the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Yeah, that was really, that, it's just like today. With Asbury back then. So Brother Barnes, pastoring a church, went to God and said, because, I mean, it was like it was really happening. And it was like people were asking him, Pastor, is this real? You know, we're asking the same questions today. Is this real? Is this God? And back in that day, they were asking the same question. And so Brother Barnes went to God and said, what do I do? What do I say? How, How do I deal with this? And she said that Brother Barnes, God told him three things. First of all, God told him he said he gave him a vision of a mountain. And he said that they, the church and his church and congregation and other apostolics were, were up toward the top of the mountain. And it was this, this mountain. He could see down to the bottom of the mountain. There was people down there at the bottom. And he told Brother Barnes, he said, I'm doing this. This is real. They're getting the Holy Ghost. He said, just so if you're questioning, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm doing this. Just like I believe God's doing this. And that young man, that young evangelist, he had 30 people commit to a Zoom Bible study. 30 people committed to a Zoom Bible study. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to do that? Hallelujah. Sign me up right now. And so Brother Barnes, in this vision, saw heard throngs of people down there at the bottom of this mountain that God gave him this vision, heard these throngs of people being speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Ghost, and he's, he's, he's in this vision, and God told him that, that this is me doing this, and, he, and God told him three things. He said, they are receiving the Holy Ghost, don't pick up a rock and throw it at them as they're... As they are trying to climb up the mountain just because they don't have full truth and look and act like you do. Isn't that our tendency? They don't look like us, they don't sound like us. How is it they're getting the Holy Ghost? We're not there officiating it. As if God can't do that without us. <laughs> right? So that's one of the that's the first thing he told that God told brother Barnes. The second thing he said is reach out a hand to them. It took you a long time to get where you are. Teach and instruct them in righteousness and holiness and all the things that they need to know about me. Help them. Reach down there and pull them up. Tell them come on cuz he said you were there once. And you it took you a long time to get up this mountain to where you are now. Don't you snub your nose down and look down at them and throw rocks at them when they're trying to find God just like you were. (coughs) Third thing. He said, don't ever think that you or your flock can go down that mountain where they are and expect me to approve of it. Don't you lower your standards. They need you to have what you have. They need you to be where you're at. They need you to have that strong walk that you've got. They need you to have those holiness and righteousness and all those things in your life. They need that as a guide for them. But if you try to go down where they are, I'm not going to approve of that. Don't let yourself be drawn to them where they are. enough said, right? And, and this sounds very strikingly like what we're dealing with today. And there's no doubt in my mind that if we, we just because we haven't seen it here yet, we're not doesn't mean we're not going to. Because I just believe that somebody in that group in that chapel was looking at all the stuff that you keep talking about, all this mess that's going on in the world, all this alternate lifestyle stuff, and all this stuff with abortion and everything else, and they were going, what, what can we do? You feel helpless, right? You do. You feel helpless. Even the governments, our own government is is approving of this stuff, participating in it. What do we do? And I'm sure I I just, this is just Vince. I just think somebody in in that chapel said, well, we can pray. We can affect this thing through prayer. We can turn the tide if we'll just pray. No Holy Ghost. Somebody just said, hey, prayer works. Let's use it. And I believe that's what started it. And they just kept praying. And they just kept praying. And God used their faith. God was drawn to their faith. My goodness, He was drawn to a bunch of people building a tower. And what did He say? The people is one. And there's nothing that can stop them. From doing whatever it is they want to do. God. I believe God honored their faith. That's why God can heal a Catholic of cancer. Because God honors faith. He doesn't look at what their denomination is or where they live or any of that. He just honors faith. And he wants us to exercise our faith. Just like that young evangelist that said, I'm, I'm here to, preaching the Revival. I'm sure he had to call that pastor and say, Hey, I'm, I'll be gone. I'll let you know when I get back. Because I don't know when I'll be back. Because he didn't know. <laughs> they ended up having, getting the guy baptized. In the, they had people asking them to be baptized. There was no water. <laughs> it's cold in Kentucky right now, believe it or not there was no water in places like austin texas i read yesterday they're baptizing people in the public fountains same movement same thing happening and here we just got to wait till all the the water comes out but we got a baptismal folks right here we got one You know Jesus told his disciples, and by extension, he had told every one of us in this room and every future believer to go to teach and to baptize, didn't he? We're going to read that Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and twenty. Go ye therefore. Who's the ye? Everybody in the room, raise your hand. Everybody, everybody in the room, raise... ye is you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What's all nations? All nationalities, maybe? Like all these illegal foreigners coming across our border? Both directions? God loves them too. (laughs) If God will fill a thousand Muslims with the Holy Ghost in Bangladesh... He loves the monks he loves he loves these people. Do we love them with the same kind of love he loves them with, or do we want to hold them at arm's distance because they don't look like us? They don't smell like us, they don't act like us, like the pastor said this morning we were we were that person one day. we were wholly lost without hope in this world. And God pulled us out of the pit. And He saved us. We didn't save ourselves. Don't ever... I remember when I was in the Army, the guys that went from enlisted to to officer, they said, never forget where you came from. i never forget that officer telling me that. I'll never forget that I was a private. He said, I'm not going to let this go to my head. Don't ever forget where you came from. When you're reaching in the pit, when you're reaching in the ditch, when you're pulling them out of the fire, don't ever forget. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Who's supposed to do the baptizing? Believers. I I didn't write it. It's in the book. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I've commanded you. What, what is that? What, all things. What all things? Now I know He was talking directly to His disciples at this moment when this was written, but by extension He's talking to us. What things are we supposed to be teaching? The Word. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus loved you. And He died for you. And He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost the same as anybody else in this city. And it's your decision And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Is He with us today? If He calls you, if He wakes you up, Brother Terry, in the middle of the night and says, I need you to go do something, is He with you? Is He going to go, is He just going to leave you hanging? And just send you out there to make an absolute fool of yourself? No. And He's going to ask you to do some weird stuff that you're going to (laughs) go... God, I can't do that. And he's going to go, "I know you can't. I need you to go be there so I can do it." But he needs us there. He's always used the human element. Has he not? How did the church grow after the day of Pentecost? How did it grow? they went from house to house breaking bread and having fellowship and that's not talking about just pigging out they talked about the lord they talked about the things of god they talked about the gospel they talked about their their testimony what happened to them and they just continued to talk about it they didn't have a bible Paul didn't use the king james version <laughs> they didn't have a they had no bible No scriptures. They were all kept in the synagogue. So it had to be by word of mouth and by their testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's how the church grew. They
2: didn't have an
3: Acts 2.38 message. Like we call it. They did, but not like we call it. God gave us His Word, His precepts, and His principles to teach. Right? Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed and is profitable or useful or advantageous or valuable for doctrine, for teaching. Principles, precepts, for reproof, for correction, just like Paul did to that sorcerer. Just like that other sorcerer that we read about in the book of Acts that wanted to buy the Holy Ghost and, and the power to give it with money. And what, did it, what was he told? You're, <laughs> you're going to die with that. It's the scripture's good. It's it's good for the good things, but it's needful for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Right? That the man of God. We all get hung up on those three words right there in that scripture, don't we? Because we think man of when we see man of God, we think of a licensed preacher. Do we not? Because that's our culture. That's what that's what that's what we've been taught. But if you if you study that word out in the New Testament, it, it actually means all believers, whether man, woman, or child. That's just King James how they transcribed it. That the believers, the men the women of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Folks, we're thoroughly furnished. Uh I made reference, I was on that call or something, to um, Brother Jackson, that's now pastoring a whole Mission's Church in Florida. He was a new convert. He didn't know four scriptures, literally. He'll tell you that. He knew the scriptures that he needed to get back, get saved. That's it. He didn't know. He didn't even know where some of the books of the Bible were. And he was out teaching home Bible studies. And people would ask him questions like, well, what about Ezekiel or something like that? And he'd say, well, I don't know about Ezekiel, but we'll get back to that. But right now we're talking about this. And he had enough wisdom to know, let's keep, let's keep the conversation focused on what we need to keep it focused on. Because he really, in his back of his mind, going, oh my goodness, who's Ezekiel? I've got to find that one out. But he was a new convert Teaching Bible studies. Nobody told him he couldn't do that. Matter of fact, somebody probably told him he could do that. And released him to go do it. Don't worry about it if he makes a mistake. We all make mistakes. Yeah, you're going to say something stupid. That's why we have these written Bible studies. Right? If you can read, you can teach a Bible study. Right? You have them read the Scripture, you read the verbiage, and you expound a little bit, and then you have them read the Scripture, and it's just its pretty simple. It's not rocket science. He has thoroughly furnished us. I'm talking to you about following God's lead. He wants to lead us, folks. If you're waiting on God, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but He's waiting on you. He's looking for faithful people. He's looking for somebody that when He says, pack up your bags and baggage and go, that you just don't even ask, but, 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 but. You just go. And let God work it out. this word that we that we enjoy this this logos this this bible that we read and that we preach from and that we 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 have this truth built into that we we depend on every day it was first spoken it wasn't written and then men wrote it as god prompted them to do so and it was recorded and then it was passed down from time from year to year to year to decade to eon to century and and it, it's come down to the thing that we have today. I've got 30 or 40 different translations and all kinds of stuff on this iPad of the Bible. Isn't that amazing? I don't have to have a bunch of books. In a, I mean, I got them. I got the books in my bookshelf, but I don't need to go to those books anymore. I can just flip to the next translation or the next whatever and just do all my study in one place. It's beautiful so we got no excuse. It had the same power to deliver before it was written as it does today. Amen. We just have to speak it. That young man, Brother Fish, he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't have a message. He didn't have notes, Brother Becker. He had nothing. Nothing prepared. Just waited on God. Waited on the Holy Ghost. And he just stood there, and you should see the video. He just preached. He started with one scripture, Acts 19. What happened in Acts 19? Paul went to a bunch of believers, right? Isn't that what they are right now? They're believers. They believe in Jesus. They love the Lord. They just don't have all truth. And he expounded to them right out of that Scripture. And it, it met where they were. And he just basically said, this is for you. You're a believer. And you could just see the faces of the people. It was just amazing to me. They were, he said they were grabbing his hand and putting it on their head. Pray for me next. What an awesome thing. To be around hungry people like that. <laughs> Fighting over who gets the Holy Ghost next. Hallelujah. It's our job. It's our job. This is our job. To follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. And to go and proclaim. We just read it in Matthew 28, eight, nineteen, and 20. Go and preach, proclaim, and teach. And how was the people added to the church on the day of Pentecost? The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. One translation says such as were being saved. How were they being saved? Somebody was telling them, this is what you got to do. Something tells me they were repeating what Peter said. If it worked and I got the Holy Ghost, and I was one of those 3,000, hey, that worked for me. (laughs) Words to that effect, I'm going to tell the next guy I'm talking to the same thing. Because the story about what happened to Jesus was not, it was common knowledge. They all knew who He was. It was a very public thing that happened. So it wasn't hard to regurgitate that. Hey, remember that Jesus guy they crucified? Peter talked about Him on the day of Pentecost. And here's what happened when he got down to this point. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. You've got to repent. And that's what that brother in Asbury said. He said, you, we're going to repent right now. And he joined with them. We're all going to repent. I need to repent every day. And people were just drawn to that. But it's our job to proclaim and preach it. It's on the recipient or the hearer to receive it. When somebody preached you the gospel, Sister Bill, it was your job to receive it or, or push it away. What you did with that was on you. It's not on me. I'm just the mailman. I stick your mail in the mailbox. I close the door and flip and roll my window up and go on down to the next mailbox. I'm, that, I'm done with that. What's in that mailbox is history to me. It's ultimately God's responsibility to take it from there. 1 Corinthians 3, 5-8 says, who, when, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Who do we think we are? We're nobody, really. We're, I mean, we are somebody, but that's, a, that's the point here. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers, servants, believers, by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. How I got here doesn't matter. Who who it was that, that that preached that word to me and put that word inside of me, that's not important. They're not doing it for their glory. As I heard one preacher say, I don't want them to remember that it was me. I want them to remember that it was Jesus that got a hold of them. I'm just the vessel. I'm just the conduit. I'm just the one bringing you the message. I'm just the mailman. He goes on in verse 6. I have planted, Paul's saying. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything. In other words, anything or anyone special. Just a tool. Just a vessel. You're just, a, you're just casting seed. You're just casting water. You're just there to do the job God sent you there to do. Neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. For every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. It doesn't matter if you're watering or planting. You're one. Our job is to cast seed. Our job is to go in prayer and water it. And wait on God to shed His light on it. And let that person decide what they're going to do with it. Everybody's not going to respond to this the same way. How many people did did they reach out to before they got to you? Who knows? Nobody kept track probably. (laughs) There was probably a lot of people before God got to, to me that they tried to reach and they didn't want anything to do with it. But when they got to me, there was something that, that the hook got set. I was hooked. I was hungry. I wanted to know more. Just one scriptures, all it took and I just wanted to know more. There's people out there like that right now. We're just vessels. We're delivery people. We're operating with his faith to do what he's sending us to do. And it's going to happen even more and more and more, just like what's happening in Asbury with, with these young men just being sent to, at a whim, just at the last moment, get on a plane and go. What are you going to do when God asks you to do that? Not, I'm not asking you to answer me. I'm just asking you to ask yourself. You need to take that up with God. We've got to be sensitive. There's a lot of stuff that's vying for our ears today in our mind. We got to be careful what we allow in to interrupt what God's trying to say. Just like Barnas, Barnabas and Simeon and Lucius and, and these other guys, just like the evangelist and the musician that was there at the college campus, and I got to hear the about the musician part. The Brother Fish talked about the late the girl that was playing that, but then I got to hear from her dad that that was her that did that. So she was in the right place at the right time. She listened to God as I, as her dad said it. She just said she told her dad, I feel like we need to go up there, dad. She, he said, Go, go. If that's what you feel to do, go. And w- and when she got up there to to just play, she was kind of in the background and she suggested to the group that was already singing, well, why don't we sing this song? And this older lady, apostolic looking lady, walked over her and said her and said, pointed at her and said, you sing it. God sent you here to do it. You play it. You sing it. And she said she felt the Holy Ghost said, okay. And she just stepped up there and just followed God. And lo and behold, this other guy shows up to preach, just standing there waiting on God to give him the go ahead. And this same girl turns to him and says, You got a word, don't you? Hallelujah. First Peter three fifteen says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready. Be ready. Always. Be ready every Sunday and Wednesday.
1: <laughs>
3: Be ready every second Wednesday and fourth Sunday. <laughs> or first Wednesday and third Sunday. <laughs> Be ready. This is to everybody. This is to believers. Paul, this, this letter is to everybody. It says, but sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts. What is that in, what's that indicating to you? That's indicating relationship. Spend time with the Lord all day long. Keep Him in the forefront of your mind all day long. What are you saying, God? What are you saying? I'm listening. If you're not saying anything, I'm still listening. But when you do speak, I want to hear what you're saying. Be ready always to give an answer to every man, every human, Be ready always to give an answer. Always to give an answer. That asketh you. What are you going to do when somebody asks you? What are you going to say?
1: What are
3: you going to say? Be ready for the reason for the hope that's in you. What's the hope that's in us, folks? The hope of heaven. The hope that God is going to one day come for His church. The hope that we can take as many with us as we can. Because he would not that any should perish. Right? But that all should come to repentance. Wherever they are in their journey, wherever they are in their walk, we're all at different places on the timeline. But we are on the timeline. And we're right here on God's timeline right now in this generation that we're all in. God put us all here right now for this time. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, God put us here on His timeline. We are supposed to be right here where we are right now. And there's people down at the lower part of the mountain, and there's people at that. And we're up here at the upper part of the mountain, but don't let that go to your head. For the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Meekness and fear. Don't forget where you came from. You know, if we walk humbly before God, if we just make ourselves available, I believe that's what Saul and those guys were doing in that church in Antioch, they were just being available. They were just ministering. They were just doing what they knew to do. And they were waiting on God. I believe that Saul had learned a lesson from his Damascus Road experience and from some other things that happened in his life. I believe Saul had begun to learn that he wasn't in charge of his life anymore, for one thing, and that he needed to wait on the Holy Ghost before he did anything. And probably the last thing God told him was to go to that church in Antioch and minister and wait Doesn't say that in there, but I'm going to say that it says that in there. Because the next thing he knows, the Holy Ghost is saying, all right, Saul and Barnabas, you're getting ready to leave. Go buy a plane ticket, you're leaving. If God told somebody in this room to pack your bags and baggage, you're going to Harlan, Kentucky, would you go? Where's Harlan, Kentucky? It's on the eastern side of the state. It's a tiny little town. like a Think of a coal mining town. But would you go? Would you not even hesitate? Would you just say, okay, God, you, you said this to me three times. All right, I'm going. Would you do it? It's a rhetorical question. It's not for you to answer to me or him or anybody else. I'm just picking Harlan, Kentucky, because that's just a, a town I know that needs a pastor. As I was talking to that guy... And, Kentucky, <laughs> and I told him, I said, until, "Until God says otherwise, I'm here, not not going anywhere." <laughs> and the church said, "Amen." <laughs> Let's all stand. Are we following God's lead? Are we? Following God's lead? Are we desiring to follow God's lead? Are we willing to go wherever He tells us to go? Even if it's you need to go to your next door neighbor's house and you need to say this. Are you willing to do that? Well God, that guy's kind of a ornery critter. I don't know, nobody ever talks to him. Why are you sending me over there, God? Why why do I have to go? Is that our attitude? Can't you send somebody else? Can't can't I go next week? <laughs> so I can have some time to prepare and think about it? No. I need you to go right now. Don't plan what you're gonna say. I'm I'm paraphrasing. The Bible says don't don't think about and plan what you're gonna say. Just be ready when you get there, the Holy Ghost will give you what to say. Just like that young man that went to that That campus and stood in that middle of that crowd of people. He's like, I can't wait to get in the chapel. God's needing to do something right now. And God was waiting. Are we going to be there when God needs us to be there? Father, we love you. Lord, we give you praise and glory and honor. I'm not going to call anybody up here. If you want to come up here, that's up to you. But I believe God's talking to us. As I said at the beginning, if you have ears to hear God's talking to us. He's been talking to me. He's been dealing with me about this. He's been telling me I need to just be faithful. Even though I don't understand what's going on exactly, even though I don't know all the details, He's not going to give me all the details. He's just waiting and expecting for me to be faithful. Father, I need You to help Your people to be faithful. I need You to help us to get to a place, oh God, to move to another realm in Your Spirit, to move to another place in Your Spirit, God, where You can begin to wake us up in the middle of the night, where You can begin to direct us and order our steps, moment by moment, day by day, God, that You can begin to tell us, O oh God, that where You need us to go, what You need us to do, and what You need us to say, God. Lord Jesus, it's all about souls. It's all about the lost, O oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That young evangelist said the greatest thrill he ever had was not preaching a revival in a church. Was when he was in Bangladesh and when he stood in that college campus and stood around those hungry people. He said that's the greatest thrill of his life. And I believe that God's going to use this church to begin to launch some things. If we'll listen to God and follow His leading... It's going to be a testimony that God God called me and God told me to do this and I did it. And this is what happened. This is the result. And God's going to get the glory. You wait. Amen? That young pastor in Kentucky, they don't even have anybody in the college down there where he's at. He just went to the chapel and said, hey, I'd like to have a prayer meeting in your chapel. You know what they said to him? We'd love to have you. Secular College. We'd love to have you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Let's schedule it. What doors is God opening already? We just need to wait for God to tell us what to do and go do it. Let Him open the door. Amen? There's there's thousands of students on these college campuses. Amen? Let's pray that God gives us revival. Father, thank You for this opportunity to be before Your people today. Lord, that You would minister to them, not even... Just from this service, but as they go, Father, that you would continue to speak to their hearts and minds about these things, O God. Let their ears be open to hear what you're saying to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. In Jesus' name.